Welcome in, welcome in to Face to Face Sports, coming at you live from the Glothlin Center for the Arts on Emory and Henry's campus. This is WEHC 90.7 FM. I'm your host, Jordan Dove, and I'm excited to bring you this sixth edition of Face to Face Sports, a show which discusses all the latest sports news, both nationally and locally. Today, of course, is the 4th, so I'd like to wish everyone a very happy Independence Day. I'm sure many of you have already begun the festivities, however way that looks, in your family or with your friend groups. So whatever you do, just stay safe out there and enjoy our freedom as a nation. With all that being said, let's jump right into things. NBA free agency is where we begin this show tonight. The biggest news so far has been what's been looming in Brooklyn with the Nets organization. Superstar Kevin Durant wants out, something many people speculated when news kept breaking out that he wasn't speaking with the organization after the Nets' early playoff exit against the Boston Celtics. Durant asked for a trade last Thursday, and there have been reports that the Miami Heat and Phoenix Suns are top trade destinations for him. Both moves there would be very interesting in my opinion. In Phoenix, he would join star Devin Booker, who recently agreed to a four-year, $224 million Supermax extension with the organization. The team has finished in the top two in the West the previous two seasons and, of course, reached the NBA Finals two years ago where they were defeated by the Milwaukee Bucks. This team is still being seen as a contender, and uh, I think Durant would just add to their threat. Um, Only thing is that their center, DeAndre Ayton, who many are aware was the first overall pick back in 2018, is looking to move elsewhere, so they will likely be without him next season. Miami is another good destination for Durant. The team has been a serious contender ever since they traded for Jimmy Butler back in the 2019 offseason. Since that time, Miami has made deep playoff runs, and team executive Pat Riley, who's had a lot of championship experience under his belt, has brought in really good players to surround Butler. Uh, Eric Spolster also remains one of the best head coaches in the NBA, uh, and along with Steve Kerr, it could be the best coach Durant has been under in his career. Uh, so I like that option as well. Neither could happen, though. Um, I know the Toronto Raptors have expressed their interest as well, um, as have other teams. But we'll continue to keep eyes on that situation. Uh, his teammate for the last three seasons in Brooklyn, Kyrie Irving, may be going elsewhere as well. Recently, there have been discussions about a possible trade scenario involving himself and Russell Westbrook. That, of course, would mean Irving would be reunited with his former Cleveland teammate, LeBron James. Kyrie has expressed serious interest lately of reuniting with LeBron. Many think that he regrets leaving the Cavaliers back in 2017. And he wants to try and rekindle that partnership with James so that is a possibility and would be very interesting if it happens. Um, what's going on elsewhere in the NBA? Denver's Nikola Jokic agreed to the richest combat contract in NBA history, a five-year, $264 million Supermax extension. Uh, well-deserved from the two-time defending MVP winner, in my opinion. Uh, John Moran, who turns 23 August 10th, agreed to a four-year designated rookie extension worth $226 million. Obviously, Moran has impressed in Memphis these last three years, and the Grizzlies are wanting to continue their future with him. Same draft class, New Orleans' Zion Williamson, who was drafted a spot before Moran in 2019, also decided to accept his maximum rookie extension with the Pelicans, a deal worth $193 million over five years. Uh, The Pelicans obviously still sold on Zion, despite him missing all of last season. He's only played in 85 games since being drafted the league, uh, but when he plays, he's an absolute animal. Um, He'll be coming back to a very good team next season. Uh, obviously, that team made noise in the playoffs, uh, took Phoenix six games in that opening round, so I, I think they're uh, they're set to go if Zion returns 
and is healthy. Other big news, Utah Jazz did trade away their star big man Rudy Gobert to the Minnesota Timberwolves for five players and four future first-round picks. Gobert has been with Utah since he came to the league in 2013. Obviously, he's been the team's anchor, especially on the defensive end, having three Defensive Player of the Year awards to his name. Uh, he's also made the All-Star team in the last three seasons, and uh, he's going to join a Minnesota team that's been the most interesting it's been in years. Uh, so I'd, I'd, I'd be interested to see how he shapes up with the Wolves next season. Um, another interesting trade, Malcolm Brogdon, who went to the University of Virginia, was traded by the Indiana Pacers to the Boston Celtics in exchange for Daniel Tice and Aaron Neesmith. Uh, Brogdon has provided some very good play for the Pacers, Pacers these past few seasons and could really bring some good point guard ability for Boston. It's It's been a position they've they've lacked on as of late. Um, obviously, Kyrie came in for two years, and uh, then Kemba, and, and last year when they went to the finals, they, they really didn't have anyone. Marcus Smart would have to fill in that position. So they had guys come and go, but I think Brogdon can provide some really, really solid minutes for them. Um so yeah, that, I mean that that's it for the uh, free agency so far. Nothing really broke out um, today, but uh, still keeping an eye on the Durant situation and Kyrie. Obviously, the Brooklyn stuff is going to be big, no matter what what comes out of it. So with that, we're going to take a little break. But when I return, we'll be discussing the ongoing MLB All Star Game voting. We'll see who the top vote getters are and why. Stay with us. You're listening to WHC ninety point seven. Y'all, this place is wild. And sometimes wild comes in tiny, tiny little packages, like insects. One of E.O. Wilson's most famous quotes puts us in our place. He said, if all mankind were to disappear, the world would regenerate back to the rich state of equilibrium that existed 10,000 years ago. But if insects were to vanish, the environment would collapse into chaos. And insects do way more for us than just pollinate. Insects also serve as an important source of food for other animals. In fact, one tiny little nest of baby chickadees will eat 8,000 caterpillars before they grow up and fly away. So put away that can of bug killer and learn more about the tiniest and arguably most important element of the ecosystem. Find links to learn more on the ENH Wild Campus Facebook page. Stay curious. Brought to you by the Holston Rivers chapter of Virginia Master Naturalist. Support for WEHC comes from the Lincoln Theater, presenting diverse artistic experiences, increasing awareness of local heritage and culture, and preserving the theater for future generations to enjoy. The Lincoln Theater is a home for music and culture in the heart of downtown Marion, 117 East Main Street, Marion, Virginia. Tickets and information at 276-783-6092 or online at thelincoln.org. Underwriting for WEHC and Emory Henry Football comes from the Bank of Marion. Recently announcing new products and services to make banking better, including a Platinum Rewards credit card with contactless payments, it's tab and go. Earn rewards points for every retail purchase, redeemable for merchandise, travel, cashback, and fuel discounts. The Bank of Marion, with 17 hometown community branches throughout the region. Member FDIC. 
Welcome back into Face to Face Sports here on WEHC 90.7. I am your host, Jordan Dove. Just has been discussing some offseason NBA news, players moving around left and right. Going to continue keeping up with that. But for now, uh, for the first time on the show, we're actually going to be discussing some MLB. All-Star Game is coming up on the 19th. It will be played this year at the historic Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. was going to be played back in 2020, but uh, had to be canceled, of course, because of the coronavirus. Um, but Dodger Stadium is hosting it this year. I was surprised to learn this. Only the second time Dodger Stadium will host the All-Star Game. The last time was 42 years ago in 1980. That year, the Dodgers sent six players to the game. First baseman Steve Garvey, second baseman Davey Lopez, shortstop Bill Russell, center fielder Rich- Reggie Smith, and pitchers Jerry Roos and Bob Welch. A lot of talented players there. All of them would be on the championship Dodgers team the following year in 1981. Uh, while it is the second time Dodger Stadium will host, it'll be the third time overall that the Dodger organization hosts. The first time came back in 1959, only the second season the Dodgers were in L.A. Uh, after their move from Brooklyn, New York. At that time, Dodger Stadium was still being built, and the Dodgers were playing at the famed L.A. Memorial Coliseum, where USC has played their football for decades. Um, and that year, that's that's where the All-Star Game was, was played. And uh, fun fact, the Dodgers would also win the World Series that same season, defeating the Chicago White Sox in the process. Dodger Stadium would open in 1962, and 60 years later, it's going to host this year's All-Star Game. Voting of the players has already begun. Many good candidates, as always. Only the best of the best. So let's start with the National League. Atlanta's Ronald Acuna is the lead vote-getter after the first phase, which means he gets an automatic spot. Uh, Acuna did miss the start of the season, still recovering from last year's ACL injury, as many of you know. But since coming back on April 28th, he's hitting 282. He's got 49 hits, 7 home runs, and 18 RBIs in 43 games. Uh, he was also the lead vote-getter for the National League last season, but couldn't play because of his ACL injury. Other top vote-getters for the NL. Uh, for catchers, Chicago's Wilson Contreras and Atlanta's Travis D'Arnaud. Uh Contreras has made all-star teams in the past, making the NL rosters in 2018 and 2019. And uh, D'Arnaud, on the other hand, is he's yet to make one, but he's been a major contributor for Atlanta since arriving, uh, even winning the Silver Slugger two years ago. Uh, meanwhile, at first base, uh, St. Louis's Paul Goldschmidt and New York's Pete Alonso are the top vote-getters. Both have been exceptional hitting the baseball this season. Uh, Goldschmidt's actually leading the majors with a 342 average and the National League with a 1.054 OPS. And Alonso is leading the majors this year so far with 69 RBIs. Second base is interesting as well. Uh, Atlanta's Ozzie Albies and Miami's Jazz, Chil- Jazz Chisholm um, are both the top vote-getters, but right now they are both on IR. Uh, at third, San Diego's Manny Machado is leading in votes. Uh, Machado is a five-time All-Star. Uh, he's hitting really well this year, sitting around 324. And uh, at shortstop, LA's own Trey Turner is leading that race. He's hitting 305 right now to go along with 95 hits. And additional outfielders to go along with Acuna are LA's Mookie Betts, San Francisco's Jock Peterson, New York's Starling Mart, and Al- and Atlanta's Adam Duvall. And uh, for the designated hitter, Bryce Harper is the lead vote-getter for that, but uh, he's currently out with a thumb injury, so another player may be selected for that position, depending on Harper's condition. 
Uh, but now moving on to the American League side of things. New York's Aaron Judge is the lead vote-getter. He's hitting 282 to go along with an OPS of .979. He's leading the American League in runs and home runs with 64 runs scored and 29 home runs through 77 games. Uh, many believe he is still on pace to break Roger Maris's 61 home run record, which is the Yankee uh, team record. Uh, the game will be his fourth All-Star appearance. Uh, for the catchers, meanwhile, Toronto's Alejandro Kirk is leading in votes. Uh, the guy's playing re- extremely well. 23 years old. He's in his third season. Got, in, got a batting average around 318 OPS at .921. Uh, 69 hits through as many games. <clears throat> He's playing very well as lead vote-getter vote for catchers. His teammate on Toronto, Vladimir Guerrero, uh, who actually won the All-Star Game MVP last year, he's been the leading vote-getter for the first baseman. Uh, Guerrero is one of the best hitters at the position, winning. He won the Silver Slugger last season. Uh, this year, he's hitting around 261, 19 home runs, and uh, he's also got 51 RBIs. And uh, second place, we're seeing a close vote count between another Toronto Blue Jay, Santiago Espinal, and Houston's Jose Altuve. Uh, Cleveland's Jose Ramirez and last year's Silver Slugger, Boston's Rafael Devers, are in a really close race as well for third base. And another Blue Jay is looking to be in the lineup as well. Uh, Bo Bichetti is leading for that shortstop position. Um, You guys can probably tell a lot of young talents, Blue Jays team. Um... A lot of their infield is going to be playing in this game. Uh, but also to go along with Judge in the outfield will be L.A.'s Mike Trout. Another Toronto Blue Jay, George Springer. Newark's Giancarlo, Start- Giancarlo Stanton. Excuse me, And another Blue Jay, Lorde Gurriel. And at the D.H., Houston's Jordan Alvarez and L.A.'s Shohei Artani are battling it out. Alvarez is, of course, leading the American League in slugging percentage and OPS. While last year's MVP, Otani has picked up right where he left off last season, holding 76 hits in 77 games and 18 home runs. A lot of talent in these games, as always. Baseball is a sport that's just so fun to watch when it comes to collective talent. Uh, You also want to see the best hitters face the best pitchers in the league. So it really shows what each are made of. Uh, The American League, they've been, listen, they've been dominating this game the past decade. They have won every All-Star game since 2013. Uh, this century even, they've won 17 of the games. They've lost only three and tied once. So it really has been in the American League's favor. And it kind of makes sense. I think about all those great New York and Boston teams uh, of the 2000s, 2010s, which sent a lot of good players over the years. Um, Houston, of course, uh, has sent some talent in the past decade. And now we're seeing a team like the Blue Jays sending guys who aren't even 25 yet. A lot of young guys from them. A lot of great, great talent. Uh, but the games are fun every year. Last five games have been within one to three runs. So it uh, should be a good game. I know L.A. will be a, a great host as well. With that being said, we're going to take another quick break, let you hear some messages, but when I return, we'll take a look at what's going on with this conference battle in college football. Stay with us, WHC 90.7. Support for WEHC comes from First Bank and Trust, offering mobile banking, Apple Pay, remote deposits, and more. With 23 full-service offices and six loan production offices located throughout Virginia and Northeast Tennessee, First Bank and Trust has been serving you with free checking since 1979. Member FDIC and online at firstbank.com. Support for WEHC and Emory and Henry Football comes from Tumbling Creek Cider Company. Heritage-inspired, handcrafted hard cider in the heart of downtown Abingdon. 
open daily in the Springhouse 112 Court Street, Northeast, and online at tumblingcreekcider.com. Tumbling Creek Cider Company, serving the spirit of our community. WEHC 90.7 FM brings you the Jukebox every weeknight from 11 p.m. to 12 a.m. Tune in to hear what your friends and people in the community are listening to. And for your turn on the Jukebox, send your 60-minute playlist to WEHC at ehc.edu. We'll be going wherever the music takes us. We are back on WEHC 9.7. This is Face to Face Sports. Once again, happy 4th of July, everyone. Um, Something strange is happening in the college football world right now. We're seeing a shift happening in conferences. It's been no secret that many schools are opting, opting to switch conferences nowadays in order to get better competition and scheduling, which could help their rankings and player recruitment. Uh, we actually saw this when it was announced uh, last year that Oklahoma and Texas would be moving from the Big 12 to the SEC starting in 2025. But that's old news. Over the weekend, we heard that two premier Pac-12 schools, which are right across town from each other out there in Los Angeles, are moving to the Big 10. USC and UCLA, two storied Pac-12 schools, had their applications accepted last Thursday to join the Big Ten starting in 2024. The Big Ten said in a statement that the vote was unanimous. Big Ten Commissioner Kevin Warren said, quote, The unanimous vote today signifies the deep respect and welcoming culture our entire conference has for the University of Southern California under the leadership of President Carol Fult and the University of California, Los Angeles, under the leadership of Chancellor Gene Block. UCLA Athletic Director Martin Germond wrote in a text to ESPN saying, College athletics is changing, and UCLA has always led in times of change. For the sake of our student-athletes and for preserving the legacy of Bruin excellence, we cannot afford to stand still. Meanwhile, UC- USC Athletic Director Mike Bone called the Big Ten the best home for USC and athletics, going on to say, quote, We are excited that our values align with the league's member institutions. We also will benefit from the stability and strength of the conference, the athletic caliber of Big Ten institutions, the increased visibility, exposure, and resources the conference will bring our student-athletes and programs, and the ability to expand engagement with our passionate alumni nationwide. End quote. The move isn't isn't good for the Pac-12 conference, I'll say that. I'm sure a lot of people can, can see that. Um, they have already been struggling financially and making far less when it comes to revenue projections compared to other conferences like the SEC and, of course, Big Ten. Fox's investments are going to drastically increase. As, I mean, they cover primarily the Big Ten every Saturday afternoon. They have that big noon kickoff. So it's going to be really interesting to see coverage now reach the West Coast for the Big Ten. Um, I also personally understand why the move was made, but it's going to be funny uh, seeing these teams just not playing according to geography anymore. We we saw this with the Big East years ago, a conference that started in the Northeast, um, was a big basketball powerhouse, and, and then uh, it, it ended up spreading across the Midwest and then more South. So um, it's just what happens when schools want to grow, and uh, a lot of these schools want to get the same revenue and attention as other schools. Um, but this was still a big surprise. Uh, I don't think a lot of people saw this coming. Uh, the Pac-12 is now, of course, without their two biggest money makers in the LA schools. Oregon, Washington are now the primary schools to focus on. I'm sure a lot of people would agree with that. 
Uh, the future of college football, it, it, listen, it's just becoming more money-driven. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how these two fit in the Big Ten. Geographically speaking, it would make sense to play the two in, in the West Division. It may move Northwestern or Purdue to the East. Um, this move could provide a better balance between the two divisions in the Big Ten since the East holds schools like Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Um, but I'm sure that these next two seasons, the two schools, they're going to get some hate from other opposing Pac-12 schools. Maybe a feeling of betrayal there. Uh, but closing thoughts, this is this is really going to be a battle of two conferences in the future, the Big Ten and the SEC. I think more and more schools are going to put their applications in, uh, which is what commissioners Greg Sankey and Kevin Warren, the commissioners of the SEC and Big Ten, want. Um, they want growth, always. So best of luck to the two schools in this transitional period. Big Ten is getting two schools with rich, rich histories, uh, which I'm sure are going to continue to grow as they play in the Big Ten. With that being said, we're going to take another quick break, but stay with me. I'm going to look into some local news. This is Face to Face Sports here on WEHC. This is Henry McCarthy of Poets and Writers. We're pleased to bring you another season of Poets and Writers, some new poets, some local poets, some national poets, and some fine writers, and also we have some screenwriters for you this this year. So tune in to Poets and Writers. We write poems every day in our hearts, but we're often afraid to share them. And if you send me a few lines to McCarthyHenry at Yahoo.com, we will put them on. So Poets and Writers, Henry McCarthy, don't forget us. Support for WEHC comes from Highlands Ballet Company, whose mission is to nurture, support, and inspire young dancers in a wholesome, friendly atmosphere. They strive to offer their students a level of training that invokes technical and artistic excellence. For more information, highlandsballet.org or 276-623-0822. Support for WEHC and Emory & Henry Football comes from Tumbling Creek Cider Company, Heritage-inspired, handcrafted hard cider in the heart of downtown Abingdon. Open daily in the Spring House 112 Court Street, Northeast, and online at tumblingcreekcider.com. Tumbling Creek Cider Company, serving the spirit of our community. Welcome back into Face-to-Face Sports here on WEHC 90.7 FM. I am your host, Jordan Doe. I've been talking about some NBA offseason action, lots of trades happening left and right, keeping an eye on the Brooklyn situation. Talked a little bit about the MLB All-Star Game voting as well. Lots of talented players, as always, only the best of the best. That game, of course, is going to be played on July 19th at Dodger Stadium. In last segment, I discussed the situation happening in the Big, Big Ten. Speaking of Los Angeles, the most popular Pac-12 schools, USC and UCLA, are moving to the conference in a move that makes some sense. But now it's time to look into some local sports news around the area. To start off, the Greenville Flyboys picked up their second win in a row in two nights against the Johnson City Doughboys, 12-7. There was a combined seven home runs from both teams, and each member for the Flyboys picked up a hit on the evening. The win went to Greenville pitcher Jordan Hamburg. He had a good game. He went two innings, giving up just one run. And uh, other Appalachian League scorers in the area, Bristol defeated Bluefield 3-2, and Elizabethan defeated Kingsport 12-6. 
In other news, we got more golf news in the local news for the third straight week. Former ETSU men's golfer Adrian Moronk won the Irish Open yesterday, shooting an amazing 20 under par for the tournament. Morocco represents ETSU alumni very well, but he's also the first Polish player to win the tournament. Morocco will be comp- competing in the British Open, which begins Thursday, July 14th. So with that local news, this is going to wrap us up for the week. Privilege as always to be speaking to you all. Thank you as always for listening. Have a happy 4th, and please never forget those who have served so we continue to celebrate our freedom as a nation. Enjoy it as always, guys. This is Face to Face Sports calling it a wrap on its now 6th airing. Stay safe out there. Watch some sports. Keep listening to WHC 90.7.